a Monday morning, and you know what that means, dreamers. Welcome back to the Isolation Station. Well, this is Does Does Disney, and I'm your host. It's me. It's me. It's the DOZ. Landing the Does Don't, kicking your week off the right way with a little bit of Disney news coming out of the house of the mouse in Orlando, Florida. We're talking Walt Disney World. Hopefully, uh, you had a good week last week, and this week it's going to be even better than last week. Uh, Hopefully, you had a good Star Wars day. Uh, May the 4th be with you. Revenge of the 5th. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Uh, If you watch the Kentucky Derby, if you're into the ponies, I personally am not into it. Don't get the whole pomp and or circumstance of it, you know. Wearing big old hats, drinking mint juleps. Mint juleps, they feel like you're drinking something that has grass in it, but I digress. Um, uh, But yeah, we're going to be talking uh, some stuff coming out of Walt Disney World and the resort that comes with it. Uh, but first, we're going to be kicking it off with everybody's favorite new segment. It's This Week in Disney History. Turn down for what? A little bit light on uh, Disney history this week, and uh, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad, but uh, the news that we do have, I think it's a little bit fun. We're going to start May 9th, going back to the year of 2010. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, a 3D film spinoff of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids film series, closes in Epcot, starring Rick Moranis as Wayne Zielinski, the film attraction had been running in Future World since 1994. I remember going to see this as a little Landon, and I'll be honest, I didn't realize it had that long of a run. 1994 to 2010, that is a heck of a run, and quite frankly, in 2010, I think it had probably outlived its welcome, for the lack of a better term, because in 2010, who was really clamoring for more... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids stuff in the parks. I mean, other than, you know, people my age and of the ilk and stuff like that. But uh, I had no idea it had that long of a run. Uh, Good on you, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. But uh, it came to a close on May 9th in 2010. And then on May 10th, 2008, Disney's Hollywood Studios previews Toy Story Midway Mania for annual pass holders. The uh, new attraction at the time will officially open on May 31st of 2008. Uh, We know Toy Story Midway Mania is an interactive 4D experience. Kind of, you know, uh, you and your party hop in a cart and you uh, shoot at targets and uh, volcanoes and balloons and dinosaurs and pies and stuff like that. While uh, Buzz and Woody and Bo Peep and all, all your favorite toy friends pop up. And, uh, you know, it's 4D. It's fun. It's uh, fun for the whole family. Uh, and it was inspired by uh, Disney Pixar's uh, Toy Story franchise, obviously. Uh, May 11th, 2001, uh, Star Wars Weekend is held at the time. Disney MGM for the second time this season. And uh, celebrity guests this time include, unfortunately, now the both late Carrie Fisher, who played Princess Leia, and Peter Mayhew, who played uh, Chewbacca. And uh, speaking on uh, Carrie Fisher, recently got her uh, star on the uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame. I uh, kind of was stunned that uh, she had yet to receive her star, her star on the Walk of Fame. And uh, I'm glad that she got it, uh, but I hate that it was kind of uh, posthumously that she got it. Uh, on May 11th, 2013. Walt Disney World officially crowns Merida from Brave as the 11th Disney princess. Her coronation ceremony 
fittingly takes place in front of Cinderella Castle, just steps away from her own Magic Kingdom meet and greet spot, which as we know, um, is kind of gone away here recently. Uh, just after the theme park opening, Princess Merida is joined for the first time by all 10 of her fellow royals. Now, I'm gonna rattle them off, but you, playing along at home, see how many you can name. We got Snow White, we got Cinderella, we got Aurora, Ariel, Jasmine, Belle, Mulan, Pocahontas, Tiana, and Ralph. Wait, no, hold on, checking my notes. Rapunzel, not Ralph, I apologize. Uh, all 10 of her other fellow royals are there to welcome her to the group. That happened on May 11th in uh, 2013. On May 12th, 1967, going all the way back to the beginning of Walt Disney World, uh, Florida Governor Claude R. Kirk Jr. signs legislation enabling Walt Disney's production operation of Walt Disney World. Thus, the Reedy Creek Improvement District, never heard of it, is created and out of this district, the cities of Lake Buena Vista and Bay Lake are established. Now, Florida taxpayers will not have to spend public money on Disney construction and the Disney company will not have to rely on state agencies for approval of anything being built. Because Disney has so many plans for the theme park, the company decides to build in phases. Phase one will consist of a theme park, two resorts called the Tempo Bay Resort Hotel and the Polynesian Village Resort and a campground. The theme park will be a larger version of the Disneyland Park and the park and the two hotels will be situated around a large man-made lagoon. Mm. Look at that, 1967, when Florida had a, had a governor that wasn't a vindictive a-hole. How quaint. Um, uh, and then finally, for this week in uh, Disney history, May 12th, 2017, Happily Ever After, a fireworks and projection mapping show debuts at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, featuring projection mapping across Cinderella Castle, lasers, searchlights, and pyrotechnics, the show includes characters and music from a wide array of Disney films. And as we know, Happily Ever went away for a little bit and here recently came back. So uh, there you go. That was uh, This Week in Disney History. And uh, going back to uh, talking about uh, Florida's governor um uh, we now have to go and talk about uh the current florida governor and that is a uh, noted disney villain florida governor ron DeSantis, because it is our uh, weekly update of as the reedy creek district turns <laughs> um uh, last week florida governor ron DeSantis signed a bill that would nullify disney world's development agreement with the central florida tourism oversight district uh that was the uh, Senate Bill 1604 Land Use and Development Regulation uh, that we talked about last week. Uh, DeSantis received the bill last week and did not delay signing the bill into law. The uh, narrowly written amendment allows an independent special district to ignore any development agreements or any other agreements executed within the three months preceding a law that modified the makeup of that district's governing body membership. Interestingly, this appears to be an amendment with even more limited intentions than the already narrow wording. The amendment subsection will expire on July 2028 if not saved from repeal before them. It essentially is a legislative version of the limited time magic, but only if limited time magic was retaliatory and inevitably headed to court. So, 
How does this apply to Disney World's situation? Disney World and the former Reedy Creek Improvement District entered into a development agreement in February, as we know, just before a bill was passed that allowed Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to take over the operations of the RCID. The agreement was valid and contractual, but the governor's team, they completely missed the fact that it was happening and didn't register any public comments against the development agreement. Now, technically, the development agreement still exists because the RCID was simply renamed and was not dismantled as was the original intent of the legislation in the summer of 2022. Now, critically, the amendment was written in a way that specifically applies to the CFTOD. And that's the series of events that has led to the creation of the current Board of Supervisors. Now, uh, in addition to this, the CFTOD, they're suing Walt Disney World and asking a judge to void that development agreement and restrictive covenant. Because in a meeting last week, the uh, CFTOD, which is again, the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District, beautiful, phenomenal, rolls off the tongue, no notes. They met to discuss a single agenda item and that was to authorize said lawsuit, said litigation counsel to defend the board and district officials in the Disney versus DeSantis lawsuit. And during public comments of this meeting, I thought this was interesting, a DVC owner spoke up and suggested that the board completely resign. He spoke in favor of Disney World, not only as an owner, but as a Florida resident, noting that the roadways and landscaping are immaculate compared to the rest of the state. The DBC owner said that DeSantis and the board have overstepped. I think that's interesting because DeSantis and his toadies, they've been saying that Disney has been going against the will of the Florida resident. And here a Florida resident is saying the exact opposite, that DeSantis and his cronies are, you know, just going and doing the will of one individual who got embarrassed by a company and a fictional mouse. Uh, anyway, in the said meeting, board chair Martin Garcia then outlined all of the good that he says the board has accomplished in its first few months. From updated contracts to new officials, Garcia argued that the board is simply doing what the former RCID board should have been doing all along. During his argument, Garcia said that Disney is, quote, trying to roll time back to 1967, end quote which is hilarious coming from Republicans. Uh, the lawsuit from Disney World does seek to undo the creation of the CFTOD, uh, arguing that their creation was a result of a First Amendment violation from DeSantis. Garcia then tried to distance the board from legislation that created the CFTOD. Quote, the board didn't make the laws and had nothing to do with making those laws. Our role is simply to follow the laws enacted, end quote, Garcia said. He quickly went on the offensive by saying that they've been forced to defend themselves. Garcia said, quote, we didn't sue Disney. Disney sued us. We have no choice but to respond, end quote. Ah, dramatic sip of the beer. He then turned his attention to, quote, seek justice in state courts here in Central Florida, end quote. Garcia introduced a motion to sue Walt Disney World in state court in Central Florida. Garcia said the lawsuit will seek to, quote, Uphold and enforce the board's April 26, 2023 legislative findings, uh, the, end quote, and the motion to start the lawsuit <clears throat> passed unanimously. 
So, uh, last week, Disney sued Ron DeSantis and his board. And, uh, oh, by the way, they were officially served in said lawsuit. And uh, this week, the board and Ron DeSantis have officially countersued. So, uh, buckle up, everybody. It's going to be a litigious summer, it looks like. So, uh, there, there, is, uh, there is that. And uh, one little last bit of news coming out of uh, how the Reedy Creek turns. Uh, Florida lawmakers uh, sent a bill to uh, Ron DeSantis' desk to uh, let the state take over uh, inspecting the Disney World uh, monorail system. So, um, uh, and uh, yeah, last week uh, the House in Florida passed a bill that passed through the uh, Florida Senate to uh, allow the Florida Department of Transportation to take over inspection of the monorail system in Walt Disney World. Uh, like other legislation that has taken place uh, this session, the bill and amendment are narrowly written to include, quote, fixed guided systems, end quote, in an independent special district that span two counties. Uh, the only fixed guided system that applies to this is the Walt Disney World monorail system. Uh, the bill is another punitive action from the Republican majority of the Florida legislature in the uh, ongoing Ron DeSantis, uh, Walt Disney World uh, kerfuffle, we'll just say. Uh, the bill, which ended up being called House Bill 1305, uh, passed through the Florida Senate with a 26 to 14 vote and then passed through the Florida House with a 83 to 32 vote. So, uh... Yeah, that is uh, where we stand as of now. And I'm sure there is more stupid bullshit that will go down this week that I will get to tell y'all about uh, next week. So, uh, just just unbelievable. And uh, and, and one, of, one of the board members uh, gave an interview last week saying how he was he was shocked about the lawsuit and, and, and he loves Disney World and his kids love going there and... and can't believe <sighs> another dramatic drink of the beer <laughs> holy lord and that says nothing of the other board member who freaking went to magic kick <sighs> breathe landon breathe <laughs> so let's talk about some actual fun stuff some fun disney news uh stuff that uh you know you might want to know about how about Reportedly, a uh, month of May, yeah, even though we're like eight days into it, if you're listening to uh, this podcast the day it drops, month of May has been off to a relatively quiet start, and uh, wait times have been down, have been rel- uh, relatively low across the parks. That's some good news. So uh, to offset that, uh, Disney is making some bonus reservations for annual pass holders available over the next few weeks. Uh we're talking on Tuesdays. If you're an AP, there are now bonus reservations available at Epcot. On Wednesdays, there are bonus reservations available at Animal Kingdom. On Saturdays, uh, both Animal Kingdom and Epcot have those available. And then on Sundays, both Animal Kingdom and Epcot and quote-unquote most Sundays, Hollywood Studios as well. So with the exception of Magic Kingdom, you're getting some bonus reservations sprinkled across to the other three parks. So I think that's cool. And remember, in addition to the bonus reservations, it is worth noting that all APs can now take advantage of the afternoon entry reservationless visitation. Uh, APs may visit the theme parks after 2 p.m. without needing a theme park reservation, except on Saturdays and Sundays at Magic Kingdom. Uh, But, you know... 
depending on what level of AP you have, there are blackout dates that do apply. So I think that's cool. And especially with the reported low wait times and low, uh, you know, crowd sizes for the month of May. Again, I know we're like one week into it. And on one of those days, it was Star Wars Day. And I, I saw and heard everything that went down at Hollywood Studios with apparently some Discord group blocking off people in Galaxy's Edge. It's like... I, you can have fun in the parks, just don't be an a-hole to other people, because remember, they also paid to be in the parks as well, but you're not the star of your own movie. You're not the star of your own movie. Um, uh, so this uh, this kind of caught me off guard. Um, uh, Disney uh, has quietly made an update to the My Disney Experience app that I think is going to impact a lot of us, because this would impact something that I've done in the past, they've uh, removed the ability to make last-minute modifications to dining reservations. Now, previously, guests could make an in-app modification to dining reservations up to 20-ish minutes before the dining reservation time. But now, Disney has removed the ability to modify a dining reservation within two hours of the dining time. Guests are now forced to call Disney to make any last-minute reservation changes. Uh, in the updated policy, quote, restaurants offering advanced reservations do not allow modifications within two hours of the reservation time and most charge a $10 per person fee to cancel within two hours of the reservation time or if you don't show up for your reservation. Each restaurant's policies are provided when you make the reservation, end quote. Now, earlier this year, Disney did change its cancellation policy from, one, from a one-day window to a same-day two-hour window. This change essentially brings the modification policy window in alignment with its cancellation window. So, um, uh, yeah, I'll admit I've used the trick where you bump your reservation to several, several days, weeks, months down the line, and then you can cancel it without a uh, fear of that $10 per person penalty for a... Uh, reservation that uh you might not be able to make for whatever reason so uh yeah i'll admit to using that but uh kind of sucks to see that disney has uh seems like put the kibosh on that but you know at the same time it's uh disney's taking stuff away so but at the same time i mean yeah was kind of a workaround and uh disney is uh well they're gonna they're gonna disney what can i say so I mentioned it a few minutes ago, last week was Star Wars Day, May the 4th, and uh, around that time, you know, Star Wars is very front of mind for everybody. And in the parks, uh, one of the more Star Wars-centric experiences you can have is on the, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, the fully immersive Star Wars hotel. And uh, for better or for worse, uh, worse being the price point, really, because everything I hear, I mean, uh, Justin Monorail on the Passholder Lounge had uh, Nate on it, and he talked about his experience, and it sounded incredible, dot, 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 with the exception of the price. But the Halcyon, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, is something that people are talking about. And uh, at Star Wars Celebration, 2023 some imagineers they were asked about the future of the experience and there were some interesting quotes from the imagineers uh one imagineer Ann morrow said uh, we're always kind of thinking 
What are the new ways that we might be able to bring some of these stories to life? It's fun to kind of think of how does the Halcyon exist kind of even beyond what guests have seen so far. And then to follow up, another Imagineer, uh, Scott Trowbridge, said, I think the storytelling, even on the Galactic Star Cruiser, we may see some evolution. So we're always evolving our storytelling. And then finally, Imagineer Asa Kalama said, when we... When we were all designing these things, we designed them with the idea that they're really frameworks of storytelling. So that, you know, maybe today it's a mission to do X, Y, or Z, but it's really designed to be flexible so that in the future, as Scott mentioned, we can continue to tell great new stories inside the Star Wars canon. We can find ways to express that through the park experience as well. So um, I think it's interesting that Imagineers are already thinking how they can evolve and how they can bring new ideas and new experiences, new story beats even to the Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, some of that, I guess, uh, replayability, for the lack of a better term, that we were wondering if it would be there. Uh, speculating before the Halcyon even had its maiden voyage. So if you are somehow uh, obscenely rich and uh, are fortunate enough to go on this several times, you could see some difference. You could see some new things that you didn't get to experience the last time you were there. So I think it's cool that um, they're evolving the Galactic Star Cruiser. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they could bring the price point down because... Uh, we, we did talk a few weeks ago, you know, starting later this year, Disney is reducing the numbers on uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser Voyage to just two cruises per week instead of seven days per week it's running right now. Uh, though I do want to point out, Disney has not announced any formal plans to change the storyline or introduce any new elements to the Star Cruiser experience, uh, despite what these Imagineers said at uh, Star Wars Celebration 2023. But I do think it's cool that uh, Imagineers are... are thinking what they could do in the future to evolve this uh, fully immersive experience, because I think it's cool. I, I, I think that's cool that they always have a eye to the future. A few weeks ago for the uh, birthdayversary of Animal Kingdom, we talked about how uh, Animal Kingdom had the debut of the Pumbaa popcorn bucket. Well, if you want to complete the Lion King uh, duo, with uh, Pumbaa, Animal Kingdom last week introduced the Timon Sipper. So you can now get the uh, Timon Sipper to join the Pumbaa popcorn bucket. I said last week on the uh, show talking on the Acid Spitter uh, Sipper uh, that debuted for Star Wars Day last week. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a sipper guy. Um, uh, and looking at the pictures of uh, the uh, Timon Sipper, this would not be a sipper that would get me to change my stance on that but if you are a sipper guy or if uh timon and pumba are your uh, duo that you identify with when it comes to uh disney characters you can find that at the uh track snacks uh carnivores it's really called carnivores all right uh the feeding grounds and select ice cream carts throughout uh the uh, animal kingdom and i'm sure it's going for an obscene amount of money on ebay right now because you know Disney. That's 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 what it does. Um, uh, if you're walking around the World Showcase in Epcot, you're eating and drinking, uh, and you find yourself in Epcot, maybe you just got some uh, some poutine fries. Uh, that those are those are always really good. Uh, you might notice uh, the new sounds of a new band called uh, the Less 
Raftsmen, uh, they are now playing in the Canadian Pavilion in Epcot. The band says they are from a region in the French Ontario area in Canada and describe their music as a clever mix of traditional French-Canadian songs, original compositions, and fiddle reels. Uh, guests can experience their traditional songs with a twist and even some call-and-response songs during their sets, which takes place 2 to 7 p.m. at the Canada Mill Stage along the World Showcase Promenade. Again, that is 2 to 7 at the uh, Canada Mills stage in the Canadian Pavilion in Epcot. Um, uh, I've walked through the Canadian Pavilion and seen live music, but I'll be honest, I never stopped to uh, sit and take in the band. Um, uh, if you get a chance to check out Les Raftsman, let us know what you think. Be interested to see what, uh, what, what they sound like. Might have to... Uh, Check them out the next time I'm in Epcot. And then uh, finally, uh, May is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And uh, Disney, they've announced a food guide to celebrate the month. In their announcement, uh, they say this May, we're thrilled to be shining a light on Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month and a World of Voices celebration. Throughout the month, the culinary team will be showcasing some of the diverse cultures through their cuisines with both new and existing items that will delight you with each and every bite. The chefs have taken inspiration from various cultures and put their own flair and their own personal connections they've infused into these dishes. While some of these Asian-inspired items are exclusive to May, including the Korean fried chicken bowl with cucumber namasu at various Walt Disney World Resort hotels and the Bangkok chicken wings at Nomad Lounge, there are plenty of delicious dishes that you can enjoy all year long at both Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort resort like the beef bulgogi burrito at lucky fortune cookery and the kung pao bao at lamplight lounge in quote um uh, there's a ton of really good sounding items you can find on this uh food guide and uh i thought it's also interesting in this same post from disney they uh include mentioning uh some uh photo pass options where you can get you know uh hero and baymax from uh big hero six in some special magic shots as well so uh yeah uh, go check that out if you are down in the parks for the month of may to celebrate asian american pacific islander heritage month i think that's cool that disney is doing stuff like that and uh very well deserved so there you go but uh yeah that's uh that's all i got this week kind of light on news uh light on history so it's a light week except for what we uh, talked about in uh, the latest of uh ron DeSantis versus uh, mickey mouse because you know that is uh, that is the world we're living in everybody and uh, we'll just uh, continue to work our way through it because because uh, that's what we do but uh thanks for listening uh, follow me on twitter uh l-a-n-d-u-z please go follow me landon doan i'm the best landon doan not the rest that's where you can follow me 280 characters at a time on twitter i also run a website buttmunchchips.com buttmunchchips sit on your butt munch uh, that's where you can find really outdated stuff i did back in my college radio days uh old interviews old podcasts uh fun stuff like that uh, i also appear on the phil show news talk 98.7 woki radio station locally here in knoxville tennessee streaming 6 to 10 a.m eastern standard time at newstalk 987.com also available in the iHeartRadio app in the news talk 987 app as well uh so check that out um uh and uh yeah it's all the plugs i got but uh thank a cast member Thank a team member, uh, Disney and Universal. Treat your cast members and treat your team members well. Uh, pay them a living wage. Treat them like the rock stars that they are because uh, we love coming down to your parks. Some of us even tolerate spending all of our money down at your parks. But uh, without them, none of what you have 
happens. So uh, take care of them, and uh, they'll take care of us, and uh, by proxy, we'll take care of you. I, I think that's how it works. I don't know. Um, uh, be decent to each other. Costs you nothing to be kind. You don't know what everybody else has going on in their life, and uh, you don't know how far a kind word or a kind gesture will go. And uh, be decent to yourself as well. Take care of yourself, not only physically, but mentally as well. Your mental health, just as important is your physical health, uh, sometimes more so, especially in this day and age. Ton of, ton of negative crap going on. This just, the news cycle, oh, oh man, just uh, can really bring you down. And, and, and I speak from personal experience. It can really bring you down. And uh, breathe, have a little bit of fun. If you can do both of those things, that would mean the world to me. My name is Landon Doan. Thank you so much for coming along on this ride we call Daz Does Disney because you've, you've been great. And we've, we've been Daz Does Disney. Stay tuned for the secret sound, you Jedi scum. Uh, uh, oh, Landy is sleepy. Baby. Uh, dramatic sip of the beer in these kind of beyond what what the fuck is she trying to say you know there's there's a lot of stuff i can do well heck there's even a couple things i can do very well but when it comes to graphic design that is one thing i cannot do at all thankfully i have a friend in matt and love of the mouse multimedia. You know and love their work. The sleek and soon to be beloved logo for this very podcast, Daz Does Disney, that was them. The classic morning monorail logo and all its variants, that was Love of the Mouse too. And not only does Love of the Mouse have an incredible talent for graphic design, they're easy to work with and collaborate. They listen to your ideas and suggestions, then they bring them to life. So if you're looking to start your own blog, podcast, YouTube channel, Etsy shop, whatever creative outlet that you're thinking of, Love of the Mouse can help your brand to stand out in the crowd. Connect with Matt on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching Love of the Mouse Multimedia or at L-O-T-M Multimedia or visit loveofthemousepodcast.com or email loveofthemousepodcast at gmail.com to contact him about your design needs. We're talking logos, social media promos, advertisements, websites, and so much more. And if you're uh, looking for some more awesome Disney content, make sure and subscribe to his show, Love of the Mouse Podcast, on your favorite streaming applications. And tell him the Dawes sent you. I, I, I don't know if that'll get you anything up. I just always wanted to say that. Mm-hmm.